Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Foundations Podcast, November 20th, 2016. Hey, what's up, FC? Welcome to the Foundations Podcast. I'm Bobby. I'm stoked you're hanging out with us on this beautiful fall day. Here's what's happening right now at Foundations Church. Thanksgiving time is here. That's right. It's time to get everybody over, eat some turkey, pass out on the couch, and then decorate for Christmas. Oh, wait, yes, and reflect on the past year. That's right. Remember your homework from Sunday. Despite how we might feel about some current events, I guarantee you've got something to celebrate for this year before you run out to catch those sales. Speaking of shopping, Jane's Mission Christmas Outreach starts this Sunday, and it's a great chance to do some real good for some of our foster kids. That's right. Before or after service, come out to the lobby. We've got some lists there. You can pick out a gift, go buy it, and then bring it back, and then we can take some of the pressure off of these foster parents that are doing such an awesome job here in our church. That's that's pretty much it, y'all. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Don't freak out on your annoying relatives and stay safe if you're traveling. Without any further ado, I present to you Tulsa, Oklahoma's easiest pastor to spot from space or from above a reasonable tree line, Pastor uh, Justin So Griggs. let's give them just a round of applause and let them know how excited we are. Um, and I would say this, um, just know this is a big deal for us. Um, and this is a big role they have because connect groups are a big, big deal because we don't just want you to come and do life in a crowd. We want you to do it with people. And we know one of our values is we are better together. We're getting it. We're getting it. We're better together. Um, And we know you can do life and and you can worship with the crowd, but it's real hard to do life with one. Um, And we want you to make connections. That's why they're called connect groups. We want to do life together outside of this building, in each other's homes. Um, go hang out. Go watch movies. Go grab pizza. Go play golf. Ladies, go shopping. Go grab coffee. Whatever it is. Um, but we just know that God has called us not to do life together. In fact, Jesus belonged to a small group, his disciples. And you and I, we need to belong to a small group. Because the Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Who's sharpening you? Who's, some of you are like, oh, I'm the sharpest tool in the toolbox. Well, be there to sharpen somebody else then. Uh, maybe you don't need somebody else. Maybe you don't need any other friends, but maybe somebody else needs you. We need you to be involved in a connect group. Better yet, we need you to start a connect group and allow other people to these on-ramps um, because we just truly value this and it's a big deal. Um, and so we hope 
hope that you would take time to get to meet Nicole and Stephen Ragsdale, our Connect Group directors. They'll be in the lobby or the uh, Welcome Center, um, one of those two places. Go introduce yourself. Um, tell them who you are. I know it's kind of awkward, but if they don't remember your name next week, they owe you $5. Um, I'm just playing, um, but just tell them that. Anyways, uh, but we are just so excited to have them here today. Um, today, I've got a lot of cover, um, and I'm not going to try to keep you too long because I know there is a game at noon with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, in case you guys haven't heard of the Dallas Cowboys, they're the number one team in the NFL right now. I just didn't know if anybody else, anybody else hear that. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, all you haters, shut up. Um, but. Hey, uh, last week we started a series called Living the 518, Living the 518 in the 918. That 918's here. Um, and some people were like, well, what, what's a 518? Um, we're getting this, this series based off of the scripture, 1 Thessalonians 518, 518, Living 1 Thessalonians 518 or 518 out. And it says this, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Last week we talked about God hasn't called you to be thankful for your circumstance because that's gonna be really hard for some of us because some of us were going through it. But what he has called, what his will is for us who are followers of Christ is to be thankful in the circumstances we find ourselves in. And if you missed last week, man, you need to go back and listen to it um, because it's just real and it's true. And there was a part of, well, most of my message I didn't get to get to that involved prayer. And I would tell you this, prayer is essential. It's got to be an essential part for a follower of Christ. Um, and, and there's a verse before this, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, and I would say this, if you're not living 5.17 out, if you're not participating in 5.17, you'll never live the 5.18. If you're not participating, if you're not active in the 5.17, the 5.18 will never be a real presence in your life. And 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18 says this, always be joyful, never stop praying. Some of you have heard it this way, pray without ceasing. Never stop praying and be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Never stop praying. Corey Timboom said it this way, is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? Is prayer your steering wheel? Is it guiding your life? Is it directing your life? Is it something you're using as a major part of your life to lead you to one chapter of life, to the next chapter, one phase of life, to the next phase, from one good thing to the next good thing, to one bad thing to the next bad thing? Is it your steering wheel? Is it something you're actively involved in that you're using on a consistent basis? Or is it your last resort? Is it your spare tire? Let's be honest. Nobody has pulled the donut out of the trunk of the car and put that bad boy on and be like, I'm gonna see how fast I can go on this thing, you know? You, you don't want to use your spare tire. Your spare tire is a last resort. And some of us, we're like, I think I can do 70 on that thing right there, you know? And you, you look down and you're like, don't do it, Harlan. And you're like, shut up, babe, you know? I'm gonna drive as fast as I want to. And you, you're rocking down. It's kind of like you got hydraulics and a lift on your car. No, 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 no. You don't, you don't want to use the spare. It's there in case of an emergency. 
in case all else has failed. Can I tell you, I think that's where a lot of us live when it comes to our prayer life. We use prayer as a last resort. We use prayer as, uh, I'm going to try all these things. I'm going to try all my talents and my abilities and my thoughts. And, and, and not that you shouldn't use your talents or your abilities, but prayer was never intended to be your last resort. It was never meant to be your spare tire, your emergency exit plan. No, no, no. Your, your prayer life was meant to be consistent. Never stop praying. Let prayer be an active part of your life. That doesn't mean that you can't have conversations. I, I can't talk to you right now. I'm still praying. Well, you've been praying for the last 24 hours. I know. It says never stop praying. It just means, it says never cease from praying, Justin. What it, it means have an active prayer life. Keep Pray, be normal. Don't be that guy that's weird all of a sudden like, uh, you know, you're like a super Christian that nobody wants to be around. Make sure you know who I'm talking about. Make sure that it's active. Is it present? Is it active in your relationships with your kids? Parents, do you pray over your kids? Man, I pray over my kids every night. When I take Charlie to school, every morning I try to pray with her in the car because I don't want to stop praying actively over my kids. Do you pray over your marriage? Men, I've thrown this out. All you married men and dating men to be praying every night over who you're married to, which would be your spouse or your girlfriend. Be pray well, I'm just not, I'm not, it's weird. Yeah, it is weird because you don't do it. That spare tire is weird. It feels weird, doesn't it, when you put it on? But the more you do it, the more it's a regular part of your life. And the less awkward it is. And I'm telling you, when your prayer is present, Thanksgiving isn't far behind. Where prayer is present, thanks is soon to follow. Make sure you're living your 517. Make sure you're participating in your 517 so that your 518 can be lived out. Um, that's a sermon all in itself. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. You're crazy. You're not getting off that easy. Um, this morning, I, I want to give us something uh, a really practical to put in your life. And I will be honest, I stink at this. What I'm about to tell you and what I'm about to tell all of you to do, I'm challenging myself to do as well. Um, I never want to come up here. I think most of you know me fairly well, um, but I never want to portray that I am some super hero Christian who never makes mistakes, who never struggles with anything, that all these messages are just for you pagans out there, but not for me, this man of God. Um, this is something I really, really struggle with when it comes to living out 1 Thessalonians 5.18. And I want to talk to you about taking the time to reflect. Now, the word reflect simply means this. It, it means to think, to ponder, or meditate. To think, to ponder, or meditate. And, and here's, here's, here's the problem. Here's, here's where, where I'm at. Is that when, when I start uh, living life, and when we're a culture that when one good thing happens, we go to the next thing, right? Right? The perfect example is Thanksgiving is happening this Thursday, and what else happens Thursday evening? Black Friday, which I don't know why they call it Black Friday. They need to call it Black Thursday. Come on, let's be equal here. Um, 
But, but it goes, oh, I'm celebrating this. All right, and now it's into this. We go to one thing after another thing, after another thing, after another thing, after another thing. One good thing happens and we look right to the next good thing. And we don't take time to reflect. We don't take time to really think about what has happened, what has occurred. We don't take time to ponder. We don't take time to meditate on all the things that have happened. We do the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. For example, after I'm done preaching this service right here this afternoon, my brain starts going on the next message. It just, it just I, I, I stink at this. I stink at reflecting on all the great things that have happened because I have drive to see what's next, God, what's next. And that's not necessarily a horrible thing, but there's got to be balance to that thing because where there is just drive, there's no thanksgiving. And you can be a driven person, but you're not a thankful person. You can be accomplishing great, but be thankful for little. And this morning, I want us to stop for just a second what we're doing and learn that, man, not, not to, and hear me, this isn't a sermon to get stuck on all the good old days. When we sang all the hymnal, you know, and we, we, we came in and there was a choir. When are you going to do a cantata at this place? Just never. Shannon, that was your point, buddy. Glory. Maybe singing Christmas tree, but a cantata. We get stuck sometimes, and this isn't talking about getting stuck in the good old days. This is about taking time to reflect, to think about, to meditate on what God has done. And a couple of things I would tell us today, and the first one is this, is that we need to take time to remember the bears and lions. We need to take time to remember the bears and the lions. We get caught up in what we need to do in our problems that are staring us in the face that we forget to remember the, all the things that God has done, the miracles that he has done in our past because we get consumed with the present situation. And our text today is a very familiar text. It's found in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 32 through 37. And it is about David and Goliath. And, and there's been a standoff happening for 40 days in the valley, and we had a rally in the valley series that we did on this, where the Israelites' men, the trained, we're talking men, trained soldiers, men, come out, and Goliath comes out, and Goliath talks all this trash, and like roars out, like, ah, and all the, the Israelite men are like, ah, and they run to their tents, and they like cuddle up, and they're like, oh, it's so scary out there. And this has been going on for 40 days, and David shows up with some cheese and some, I don't know if it's wine. He really does. He rolls up with his cheese cart and his bread from his dad, brings it to him. He's like, Who, who's that chump out there? And they're like, oh, here you are, big loudmouth brother. Shut up, David. Shut up. You know, go home. You got some sheep to tend to, I think, you know, because being a shepherd was not near the status of being a warrior, being a soldier. And, and David sees what's going on, and he's like, I'll I fight that guy. I got this. I got this. And so it gets reported to Saul. Saul calls him in, and in verse 32, it says this. Don't worry about this, Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. Shut up, boy. Get out of my face. This is the most ridiculous thing I have ever seen or heard. You are, this is way bigger 
than you. Have you ever been there? Oh, this, this is bigger than you can handle. This is more than you can handle on your own. But David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. What a comeback. Boom. <laughs> Lay it down. Oh, yeah, I'm a shepherd. <laughs> and when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club. Not and rescue the lamb from its mouth. I want us to stop here for a second because sometimes I think we read the Bible and we don't take in the greatness of this situation. Now, if, let's be honest, if I see a lion outside of the zoo and it eats my dog, Max. <laughs> Closest thing I got to a sheep, even though it's more like a cat. Um, it's a Westie poo. There's nothing dog about it. It eats my dog. After thanking God for sending a lion to eat my dog, I, I'm just playing. So you're like, you're a horrible person. I, I'm telling you, Max, sorry, bud. I'm going to go buy a new dog. I'm, I'm out of there. I'm not fighting that lion or that bear for Max. It's, it's, and, and this is my dog. This, this is something that belongs. This is David's father. He didn't even say his sheep. This wasn't his sheep. This is his daddy's sheep and goats. And a bear and a lion come and they take this sheep and David doesn't chase it with a machete. He doesn't chase it with the latest rifle, semi-automatic. He doesn't shoot from a distance. He goes after a lion and a bear with a club and it says, and I rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. What? <laughs> I have a man crush right now. I'm telling you, you heard that song, I got a girl crush, country song, I got a man crush going on. Hey, yeah, come here, animal, bam, just give me a piece of wood. What a man. Call me a boy, sob, about to grab you by the jaw. Anyways, I've done this both to lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. And check this out, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. David's not stouting, isn't, isn't spouting this out to brag. He's taking time to reflect. He's saying, listen, I, I know what seems overwhelming to you seems overwhelming, like there's no solution. But I remember the, I remember the, the bears that God delivered me from. I, I remember the lions that God delivered me from. I remember what God did when nobody else was looking, and so I'm not afraid to confront this Philistine giant when everybody is looking, because when I take time to reflect on the goodness and the faithfulness of God, I can step into the situation that seems impossible because I'm taking time to remember the bears and the lions, and I understand that God is still capable of handling my situation. And I don't know what your giant situation seems like. I don't know what your Goliath seems like, but if you will take time this morning, this week, this afternoon to reflect on the lions and the bears in your life, you've had them. 
You've had those moments that you thought, this is going to beat me down. This is going to destroy me. This is going to kill me. If you will take time to reflect that the God of the lions and the God of the bears is still the God in the middle of my giant situation, you can handle anything and you can be thankful in all circumstances. 518 becomes a lifestyle for you. This wasn't just something David did when he was young. It's easy to to be bold when you got nothing to lose, isn't it? Oh, God can do anything. You know, he's got this. I can fight this giant. I got nothing to lose. I got everything to gain. But this wasn't something David did just when he was a young man. We catch up to him in Psalms chapter 3. And at this moment and at this time, he's a king. He was young, but now he's older. See what I did there? Not old. (laughs) He's older. He's got kids. He's got a kingdom. He's got palaces. He's got people he's responsible for, a nation he's responsible for. He's got status. He's got a reputation. And when we catch up to him in Psalms chapter three, all of a sudden, one of his sons, Absalom, decides that it's his turn to be king. And he decides to overthrow his dad. That he's going to kill his father so that he can be the king of Israel. And we catch up in Psalms chapter three, verses one through six, and it says this. David says, oh Lord, I have so many enemies So many are against me. So many are saying, God will never rescue him. But you, O Lord, are shield around me. You are my glory, the one who holds my head high. I cried out to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy mountain. I lay down and slept, yet I woke up in in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. I'm not afraid of 10,000 enemies, who surround me on every side. I want us to catch something here. He's surrounded by 10,000 enemies, 10,000 people who want to kill him. I don't know if you've ever gone to bed with your spouse upset at you. It's kind of hard to sleep. You kind of got one eye open. You're like, I'm not just winking at you, Casey. I'm making sure you ain't trying to get me. You know, you... you, you it's uneasy. I don't know if you've ever tried to sleep with a problem that's persisting. You, you have tests that the results haven't come back. You know what I'm talking about. You've got a bank account that you're hoping that check doesn't clear overnight. You, you've got issues. You've got problems, and it's hard for you to sleep. But, but David, David's here, and he's surrounded by 10,000 enemies, and it says, I slept and woke up safely. I slept with 10,000 problems with 10,000 men surrounding me. How, how do you sleep when you're surrounded by problems? 
How do you sleep when there's 10,000 things that are trying to kill you in your life? It's simple. You reflect and you remember the bears and you remember the lions and you remember the Goliaths that God has brought you through. And you may not have an answer for 10,000 problems that you're facing. You may have 10,000 things that are trying to kill you. You may have 10,000 things that are overwhelming you, but you got one God that can overwhelm the 10,000 that are behind you, in front of you. He goes around you. He protects you as a hedge. That's who you serve. And when you remember the bears and the lions and the Goliaths, I'm telling you, you can sleep in perfect rest because it's not about your bank account. It's not about your ability to think quick on your feet. It's not about another counseling session, but you're just saying, you know what, God, it is you. You can handle this problem. It's too big for me. And when we take time to reflect, when we take time to ponder, when we take time to think about all the bears and the lions, Psalms 4.8 says this, I go to bed and sleep in peace because Lord, only you keep me safe. Some of you, maybe you're having a hard time sleeping. Maybe you've got night sweats and you wake up and you're freaked out. I get it. I've been there. You're full of fear. You're full of anxiety. You don't know how it's going to turn out. You don't know how to solve the situation that you are surrounded by. Can I tell you, if you will just simply take time to reflect, if you'll take time to ponder, man, I didn't know how I was gonna escape the bear, but I did. I didn't know how I was gonna escape the lion, but I did, and I didn't just escape it. Man, I rescued the lamb and the lion. I rescued the lamb and, and the goat out of the lions. I have a testimony. I have good to show through what should have killed me. And there's some of you, you think something ought to kill you. People are gonna look at your life and say, how are you living the 518? How are you being thankful in all circumstances? It's simply this, it's not about you, it's not about me, but it's all about him. And when we take time to reflect on him and his goodness in our past, it's easy to step into our present and live the 518. The, one, uh, the other thing I would tell you is this. If we're gonna live the 518, if we're gonna be thankful in all circumstances, that we have to understand your focus leads you to either thanking or griping. Your focus will either lead you to thanking or griping. Now, when I wake up in the morning, and chances are you're guilty of this too. When I wake up in the morning, even when I get ready for Sunday morning, like this morning, and I shave and I shower and I put my clothes on, I look in the mirror in the morning, I, I, I don't know if I have ever looked in the mirror and looked and stopped and said, Daggum, you look hot today. <laughs> Casey is so blessed and highly favored to have this sleep next to her and wake up to this. I, 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 I say that here. I don't say that. No. You know what I do when I wake up in the morning? I see all that's wrong on my face. I see the wrinkles that are getting deeper. I, it happened to me three years ago. It's like, I thought those were laugh lines. You know, I thought this was just, ha ha, I'm a happy person. Those are 
I got wrinkles going on, you know, a freak out moment. I got crazy eyebrows happening like this. All of a sudden, I'm like, I have Casey pluck them, and it feels like she's pulling my brain matter out of my eyebrows. I'm like, ah, she's just laughing. I have gray hair happening in my head, and she's like, look at your gray hair. And I'm like, shut up, you know. I see all the imperfect, I see, I, I focus on all that needs to be corrected. I still get zits at age 40. I'm like, come on, there's a season for everything and that season needs to be done. <laughs> I, I focus on what is wrong, not what is right. Can I tell you, for most of us, we live life that way. It's not just about being in a mirror. We're focusing on all that hasn't happened, aren't we? All the wrong things that have gone on that God could have prevented, but here I am stuck in this situation. And can I tell you, your focus is either gonna bring you to a heart that is thankful or a heart that is constantly complaining, constantly griping and ungrateful. It's, I've never seen balance in this area. I, I really haven't. Oh, I'm pretty balanced on the griping and the thinking. <laughs> Monday I gripe and Tuesday I think and Wednesday I gripe. No, no, no. You know what we say when we're, when we're negative? I'm gonna I'm I'm mess with some of you right now, make you mad. I hope you come back. <laughs> you know what we say? When, when we're a negative person, what we wanna say that, make, that makes it acceptable? Well, I'm just a realist, Justin. We do. We say, oh, I'm just a realist. I'm, I'm just not living in the clouds. This is reality. No, no. You just focused on everything that's wrong. You, you, you have set your focus, you have set your mind on all that you don't have instead of reflecting on all that God has done. Can I tell you, somebody's always going to have more toys than you. It's true. Someone's always going to have a nicer house. Someone's always going to have what appears to be a better relationship, a better marriage, better kids. <laughs> I'm sorry, Carter. Happy birthday, Carter. There it is. Everybody's going to have something. That you, oh, if I just no, 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 no. Where's your focus at? Psalm, Psalm 77, I love this, I love this Psalm. Psalm 77, verse one through 15 says this. I cry out to God. Yes, I shout, oh, that God would listen to me. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long, I prayed with hands lifted towards heaven, but my soul was not comforted. I think of God and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. You don't let me sleep. And I'm even, too, I'm even too distressed to even pray. I, I, I'm so overwhelmed, I can't even pray. Can't, can't even pray. I, I can't sleep. I can't pray. I can't find peace. God has left me. He hates me. Why, why do you hate me, God? I think of the good old days, long since ended, when my nights were filled with joyful songs. I search my soul and ponder the difference now. Remember when we used to sing songs and everybody was happy and everybody liked each other and everything was great? No, I remember. Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never be kind to me again? Well, why do you hate me, God? 
Why, 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 why did I do wrong? Why do you, God just hates me. That, that, I've heard people say this all the time. God just hates me. Some of us, this is where we're at. Is his unfailing love gone forever? Have his promises permanently failed? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he slammed the door on his compassion? And I said, this is my, this is my life. This is my faith. This is just how it's gonna be. The Most High has turned his hand against me. I, I'm, this is just life. Welcome to my life that sucks. <laughs> right? I mean, let's, let's be real. That's what we say. That's what we mean. Some of us say bigger things than that. That's why I can say up here. This is just, nobody would want my life. Everybody, blah, 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 blah. this is my fate. This, this is it. And, and some of us, we're stuck in verse one through 10. This, this is where we're stuck. This is where we're focused on. This is where the psalmist, he starts this psalm, and this is where he's stuck. Oh, God's forgotten about me. This life's awful. This life's horrible. But, but verse 11 there's this switch that his focus turns. And it says this, but then I recall all you have done. That's powerful right there. But then I, then I take time to reflect. But then I recall all you have done, O oh Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. I remember the bears and the lions and the Goliath moments. They are constantly in my thoughts. I can't stop thinking about your mighty works. Oh God, your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? You are the God of great wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. By your strong arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. If you and I are going to live the 518, we have to have this verse 11 moment where we, but then I recall all you've done. Then I remember everything you've done. I say this all the time, but it's just true. So many times we remember what we should forget and we forget what we should remember. So many times our life is filled just focusing on all of the problems and how it's unfair and how your life is a lot more fair than my life and so that's unfair. We focus on all that we don't have, all that we, we didn't ask for and life has become about all the verse 10 moments about everything and we gotta get to this chapter, this verse 11 moment, but then, but something's got to change. And I recall all that you have done. I recall the bears and the lions and the Goliaths, the things that people saw you do when everybody was watching, but also the things that nobody saw you do. Your faithfulness when nobody knew you were faithful, when nobody knew I was in need. I remember that. And we gotta hang on to those things. We gotta take captive those thoughts that wanna just rush through our mind and we've gotta make them submit to a life that is honoring Christ. Um, every, uh, I can't say every day because I'll be lying. Almost every day I go to the gym. Um, uh, I don't wanna say every day because you'd be a liar. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, I have a struggle every morning when I'm driving to the gym, uh, as, as I, I'm getting ready to park, I want, 
a close parking spot. And you know, it makes no sense because I try to get the closest parking spot and I'm irritated if I have to park really far out because I don't want to have to exercise to get into the place that I'm going to exercise in because that's asinine and crazy. So I want a close parking spot because I don't want to have to walk far away. But especially when it's getting cold. Some of you, when you go to the grocery store, you're like, yeah, I, I get this. You know, I, I don't want to have to walk really far away. And so I will pull in and what drives me insane. I mean crazy right now. And I'm going to have to focus on the lions and the bears in my life when I drive tomorrow morning is I will drive into the parking lot and there's some moron parked on the line. You know what I'm talking about? Or, or, or they've even made it easier. They put the lines diagonally, right? You, Diagonally, and now that's created a whole maze. It's like I don't. It's like a Rubik's cube for parking or something. I don't get it. They park on the line, or they pull too far in front of their line, or they don't pull in enough. And I'm like, what are you doing? That is your spot. That is your designated lines. Stay in your lines. And when I used to have a really, really not nice car, I would pull right up next to them if I didn't have to get out of that door and freak them out. Make them think, oh, am I gonna, they hit me? Did, they ding, did the door ding me, you know? And, and here's the deal is, I, I, there's plenty of parking spots open, right? There's plenty of spots there. But I'm choosing to park where somebody's been a moron. Because I'm a moron. <laughs> I, I choose where I park. And can I tell you, as, as I'm closing today, you and I, we choose where we focus on. We choose where we park our thoughts. There's, there's all these different places, all these different things that God has done that you and I have to be thankful for, but we want the spot. We want it to look like this. We want it to be right here. But whether you're positive or whether you're negative, what you choose to focus on is and always will be a choice. And Paul said it this way as he's winding down his letter to the church in Philippi. He's writing this letter out of jail. Chained to a guard. Philippians chapter four, verse four through eight says this. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. And this, this passage of scripture is very, very close to 1 Thessalonians chapter five and, and the charges. And he says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Get your verse 517 down. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done then. Not before, but after you pray. After you give thanks, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And verse eight, I love this verse. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Park your thoughts Park your mind. Choose to place, to fix, to park your thoughts on what is true and honorable 
and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Fix your thoughts on what is true, not what you feel. Fix your thoughts on what is true, not what you think other people are saying about you. Fix your thoughts on what is honorable, not what the latest gossip is about you. What is right, not how you've been wronged. What is pure, not what has been distorted. What is lovely, not what you hate. What is admirable, what is excellent and worthy of praise, not what you can complain about and gripe about and have other people listen to you. Choose to park your thoughts, to fix your thoughts on these things. Take time to reflect on the goodness and the greatness of the creator of the universe who as we understood placed one billion trillion stars and calls them out by name and in the bigness of his amazing godlikeness he still chooses to love you and me and to care enough as the Bible says to respond to us according to Hebrews man that's the God you serve fix your thoughts on that fix your thoughts it's a choice choose to be a thankful person to reflect to take the time and let's live out the 518 let's pray lord we love you we thank you for today and god in the process of living we get so busy doing 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 next thing next thing next thing But, but Lord, I pray this morning there would be something that, that we don't just let our mind wander. We don't let our thoughts just wander, but we fix our thoughts. Not on the Goliath that we're currently facing, but we fix it on the lions and the bears. Lord, we fix our thoughts not on the 10,000 problems that are camping around us that are trying to kill us. Not on the enemies that we're surrounded by. But Lord, we fix our thoughts on what you've already brought us through. And we understand that you're capable. That you're able. And Lord, even if you don't, you've already done more than we deserved. And so Lord, I pray this morning that we would take time to reflect, to think on those things, to ponder those things, to meditate on those true, praiseworthy, excellent, honorable things that you have done so that we may be able to be thankful in all circumstances. Because this isn't just a good idea, but it's the will of God for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Believe, belong, become. Join us in our vision here at Foundations Church. Services are every Sunday at 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. And our youth service voltage is every Wednesday at 7 p.m. For more information, you can check us out online at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.